there's still so much money out there that is going to amazing business ideas. So don't let the current climate be kind of like an albatross that you carry around because that energy is just going to hurt you. You can't control the market, but you don't want to go in with this sort of victim sob story of like, I'm raising money in this climate. No, there's plenty of money out there. You're going to get it. Keep kind of saying that to yourself all the time. When Mama Pernista Katia Libin became a mom, she craved the support and community of fellow working moms. This led her to co-found Hey Mama, the first modern mom community for professional women juggling demanding careers and the joys and challenges of motherhood. Three months in, Hey Mama had attracted over 10,000 Instagram followers and she knew she was onto something. Fast forward to today, Hey Mama has pivoted to being an entirely digital community and continues to provide the same quality of support and community it built its brand on. Coming up, you'll hear what inspired Katya to take the leap to build Hey Mama, a community for working mothers. How Katya leveraged social media to gauge market interest before launching. How Hey Mama bootstrapped for years before deciding it was time to raise venture capital the best business advice Katya ever received. I'll give you a hint, just get started. Katya's best tips for raising venture capital and why waiting for the perfect time to start raising is overrated. Why it's important to talk about business at the dinner table and the impact that mama pranistas are having on future generations. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Katya, I am so excited to share your journey and story with our audience. I have become obsessed with your company, Hey Mama, and this incredible community that you have built. And I would love to hear what was your idea to, and why did you want to start this business and community that you've built? Mm, thank you so much for having me. And, and thank you for being such an amazing active member. It's I mean, It's awesome to hear one woman come together right now and are helping each other through, I think, what's really an insane time. But back when we started Hey Mama, we we really had a deep feeling that there was a void for working moms that needed a community that spoke to them and that was able to really meet them where they are in their business and motherhood journey and be a support system for what I think we all know, you know, working moms really don't get enough support. So the original concept, my co-founder and I, who, you know, happened to be best friends, we met through our little girls when they were three months old. And the first few years of having kids, we went through everything together. And without her, I'm not sure how I would have made it. But we found it incredibly surprising how hard it was to make working mom friends. Because we go to the playground only on the weekends or maybe some days after work, but it wasn't like we had all day to meet other people. So it was this combination of wanting to be surrounded by women where we could celebrate our ambition and our drive and figure things out together. And then also connect on kind of just a woman to woman level with other women that you may not be meeting in your local playground or your local area or through your network. 
So that was kind of the impetus of starting this, you know, modern mom community for for professional women. How did you take it from being just an idea that the two of you had together to turning it into an actual business? And were you both working full time? I was working full time. I was in sales at a tech company. I was like the only woman on my team. I was the first woman on the team to have had a child. So they they had like no maternity policy, no sort of you know, support system for me at the organization. And Amory had been in publishing for over 10 years. So she was a fashion editor at Hearst. And then she was on like a, a break. So she finally decided to leave and start thinking about what was next for her. And I caught her just at the cusp of her thinking about what she was going to do next and then convinced her to to start Hey Mama together because we, we knew it was, a we knew there was something there in the idea. But like many entrepreneurs, ideas are plenty, but it's action that really turns them into reality. So getting from a place where two, two people that have, you know, not had gone to business school, not started a company before, had children already and are deciding to kind of like birth this new thing was a really exciting, it really, I think exciting is the best word because I remember every single day from the day that we decided we were going to do it. I would wake up every day with so much energy and enthusiasm for life. Like I felt high on entrepreneurial energy. I just knew I had to do it. So when people ask how they know they should do something, it's when you can't not do that thing. But to answer your question, we really were super scrappy. I mean, we bootstrapped the company for years. And the first year was a lot about proving that this was even wanted and needed the last thing you want to do is build something that nobody wants and, you know, off of assumptions that you haven't validated in the market. So what we did is we actually leveraged Instagram to get some initial learnings on, does this concept even resonate with women? And we found out it did because within about two months after launch, like just creating the Instagram account and we had a splash page, it was super bare bones. There was no business model. There was no business plan. It was literally just putting the concept out there to see if anyone was interested in learning more was what we came up with. And it grew to like 10,000 followers within maybe two or three months, which at that time was insane growth for us. What year was that? 2014. And that gave us some confidence. People started reaching out and saying, I want to be a Hey Mama. What does it mean to be a Hey Mama? And we're like, great question. We don't know yet. But now that we know a lot of you are interested, we're going to go and figure it out. And, you know, there's a lot that happened thereafter. But building a voice and knowing what we stood for was our really our first step for, for, for us to make sure that we should pursue it. You mentioned that you bootstrapped the company for the first few years. Were you generating any revenue in those first few years? Yeah, we generated revenue from year one. Uh, not a lot. I uh, was under a hundred, <laughs> under a hundred thousand. I think it was like we, the first year we made $70,000, but still I was like, I can't believe we've made $70,000 <laughs> on this business. Uh, I didn't even know that was possible, but then it, it continued to grow and we bootstrapped the company until we hit over a million in revenue. And then we decided to go out and fundraise. How was the company generating revenue in the early days and how has it evolved since? Yeah, so the the same thing we were doing early on, we still do today, a version of it. We started out really helping brands understand how to speak to moms through talent and influencer programs and events. And that's something that we didn't even have experience in, but we honestly just figured it out. We knew what we wanted and 
Amory was a fashion editor, I was in sales. So we had a good understanding of what was missing for us. And then we started to really build an audience around that and really just connecting with a lot of moms through social media that didn't know each other and building community that way. And brands would come to us to help them with those types of partnerships. We still to this day partner with some of the most incredible brands that come to Hey Mama for you know, research and ambassador programs and content. And how do we tell all these amazing stories about what real working moms are going through? But we did not have the membership business model at that time. And that was the original vision for what we wanted, but we didn't monetize that component of it for the first two years. We really built up a community and a trust amongst the women that we wanted to be in our, in our community And then we started charging for membership in 2017. How did you initially divide your roles between you and your co-founder? It's a good question. I'd say early on, I helped in terms of like which brands we should work with. What was our partnership strategy? What were we selling? Why were they buying it? You know, how were we positioned in the market to be to be a kind of a media partner. We were very small, you know, like when we started working with these brands, we maybe had like 20,000 followers, 30,000 followers, but we had this ama- these amazing relationships with other moms and we were able to take that and really, should, you know, think about how we could make these programs bigger and better for the brand. So that that's what I led is anything generally to do with revenue, I focus on. And Amory was working a lot on, the voice and aesthetics and the actual presentation of the brand. I also did social media. I did all the social media early on. Amory focused a ton on the editorial. That was her background. So when we launched the blog and started interviewing all these different women, that was like a huge undertaking. Amory's always done events and now she's, her title is chief community officer. So she really focuses on making sure that once the members join the Hey Mama community, they are getting the most incredible experience that feels thoughtful and personal and warm. And that's something that's really important for our company culture and the way that we want women to join this community and how we want them to feel when they're stepping into something brand new that they've probably never been a part of before. Thinking back to the day that you had this idea and you convinced Amory to join What was the first step? Because we have a lot of women in our community who are thinking about starting a business and they don't know where to begin. So what was your first step? Funny story. You know, actually, it sounds like I convinced Amory to join, but it was basically she was going to start a food blog and I was telling she's an amazing chef and loves to cook at home. And we were starting to brainstorm names. And the story was is I remember us driving in the car. Amory and I both had kids that our daughters are seven days apart. They're best friends to this day. They, you know, have been sending each other little care packages in quarantine. And they're just like the most amazing little girls. They're nine now, so not so little. But I remember us driving back. And I think we were driving back from her lake house. And we were talking about blog names for her blog. And it was, I came up with youlookradishing.com. And I thought it was so good. I was like, guys. I think that's Amory, great, actually. That is good. You look around, <laughs> trademark that, go to legal Zoom, get it. And somehow in the next few weeks after that, this concept came to us on a play date. I remember we were in Williamsburg and like if any New York City moms are listening, if you've ever sat in 100 degree weather 
with sprinklers and been thrilled with that for your kids, then you know you're a real New York City mom. Because that is exactly what happened is our kids were playing around these like little frog sprinklers. And we just started talking about this concept. And I, and that's when we, we really said like, we, this is a huge idea. This could be a big thing, you know? And it was like, the idea was so big. And then you had just the realization of how you get from where you are to where you see it going. I don't think I even answered your question, but, but that was really how we like the big aha moment was like on a really hot day in Brooklyn. Did you put together a business plan? We tried. We definitely attempted to put together a business plan. And and I still have the old versions of that PowerPoint. And it, it was so funny because we couldn't grasp the full picture yet. Like so many people I hear, they start businesses and they they know their business model and they know their plan and and they have this whole roadmap. And that wasn't our story. And it's just like, if anyone's listening that doesn't have all the details figured out, it's okay. You know, like the market will tell you, you quickly adapt. And so originally we had thought, okay, we're going to build an app. Then we thought, well, who's going to give us money to build an app? Like, we don't even know who we're serving, why we're serving them. You know, so there was a lot of those early on conversations. Like, are we going to be the Pinterest for moms, the LinkedIn for moms? Are we going to be the Tinder for moms? Are we going to be like, what? which version of this are we doing? And what I will say is that instead of overthinking that and spending time waiting to launch because we needed all the answers, we got the best advice ever from two co-founders that I love. They are the co-founders of this company called Ivy. They actually got acquired by House. So they're, they're pretty smart ladies. And they sat us down and said, what do you have to do to get your business going today? Like, stop waiting. Stop thinking you're going to have all the answers. Like, what is the basic version of what you're doing that you can start today? And we said, well, we could do Instagram and then maybe we could like link to a newsletter, sign up and just have people ask for more information. And maybe we'll use that to really see if they even care. <laughs> so that was literally, hey, mama, I'll call it like, hey, mama, 0.0. Was that simple, and it was because these these women convinced us that we we weren't going to gain anything by by not getting started sooner. That's my advice. That is great advice. You just have to start, otherwise you can spin your wheels forever and not make decisions and not move. Yeah, and I think that the most close we came to a proper business plan is our investor deck. I mean, once we actually started raising, but throughout that process, like I even say year one when we were moving and grooving did not end up doing the business plan, just kind of kept doing business, you know, like we didn't really need the plan because we were doing what we, we were doing each next best step and then thinking like, okay, what are we going to do for the next year? I do think they're very helpful though. So <laughs> get around to them. We didn't, but you should. <laughs> did you uh, end up hiring anyone in your first year in business? We hired someone year two. Year one was literally Amory and I meeting up with more women for coffees than anyone could even imagine. <laughs> I mean, I can't even tell you how many women we met, like really high profile people that we were shocked were giving us the time of day did and were so generous with their time. And, and everyone had a lot of ideas, which is another thing that I noticed early on is how easy it is to get distracted with other people's opinions. Because when you are thinking about something that's a big vision concept, like global community for mothers, <laughs> it's very broad. You can do, you could slice that a lot of different ways and, and approach that problem. And it's a big problem because this demographic of women has been, I think, underserved and it's still a new 
challenge. It's still really the past 30, 40 years that we're dealing with dual income households that are really figuring out like, how does this actually work? And obviously now in a pandemic era, it's even more complicated. I would imagine that you and your co-founder are such big inspirations to your, your daughters who are best friends. Did they get involved in the business at all? Oh, the girls are hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure they have a lot of ideas for you. Do they think it's their business? <laughs> they think they are the reason for everything. They literally are like, we're the reason Hey Mama got started. So funny story about that is we did a fourth anniversary birthday party for, for no good reason. We're like, we're turning four. Let's throw a party. Seems so luxurious now to have done that. So we decided to throw a party for Hey Mama. Our team threw it together. It was wonderful. We had a dance troupe. We did it in Soho. You know, people came. We had like over a hundred people that came and we were just like celebrating to celebrate, you know, because it was a it was a nice anniversary for us. But the story is is that I'm getting up and I'm giving a speech and, and saying thank you. And then all of a sudden Lily comes up and says that she wants to say a few words. And she had written she was six. So she stands up in front of everyone and she she basically gave like a beautiful speech and talked about hey mama and and she goes, Hey mama is a place to make all moms happy. And they have chapters in New York and LA and Miami. And all I could think about is the fact that she knows this because she's always hearing me on business calls talking about, you know, like they regurgitate. So it's funny to see what she's kind of picked up from the business. And I will say that her and Mari talk about starting a business together all the time. And they'll FaceTime with each other and talk about what their business is going to be and who's the CEO and who does what. And so I think this generation of mom entrepreneurs has, is really doing such a bigger service to their kids than they probably even realize. I love that so much. And I, my daughter is only almost 15 months, but I'm, I'm hopeful that I can share similar stories down the line too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It will happen. One day she'll just say something and you'll be blown away and, and can't believe that she's retaining all of that. I also think parents, you know, shouldn't shy away from talking to their kids about business at the dinner table. You know, that's, that's something that I do now with Lily. And I, I talk to her about the partners that we're working with. And sometimes when I'll meet up with her, she'll give me other suggestions. And she said, Mom, you know, I, I was listening to this podcast. She loves like story time podcast. And I, there was a sponsor there. And I think they'd be a great sponsor for Hey Mama. And I'm like, okay, girlfriend, you are like my lead gen now. This is incredible. You got to put her on the payroll. <laughs> she will be. She'll be running this business before I know it. Really proud of her. I love that. Coming up, you'll hear how Katya knew it was time to raise money and why you just need the right people to say yes. Katya, I want to know how you knew it was time to raise money because you made it several years bootstrapping your business before you decided to do so. It's mm, a great question. I think for us, it came down to the point where we felt like we had so much potential and so much that we could offer our community, but we weren't able to get the resources to do that. And it's really hard to run a business where you are in a starved mentality. And I by starved mentality, I mean, you're so scrappy that you feel your team busting at the seams, you start seeing the signs of, you know, an overworked, potentially, you know, not as well paid as they could be if they were not an early stage startup. And 
a lack of comfort in being able to invest in things for the long term that you want to do when you're running a business. It's all like foundational. It's like if you're building a Lego set and every time you can't even put another Lego set on until until you make sure that everything else isn't going to crumble. And I think, you know, for us, it was it was partly a cash flow challenge where you couldn't invest in bringing on the right team early on, couldn't invest enough in paid advertising, you couldn't invest in tech. We have a big problem that we want to solve. So grateful to our investors that they believed in us. And we had so many amazing members and, and women that came in on the rounds. But ultimately, I knew it when I could see that it, if we were continuing to grow at the pace we were with the resources we were, it would be a very long time before we could really infuse the company with the team and the capital. So that's when it was right for us. I was definitely held back for as long as I could. And then when it came time to do it, I, we did it. And that, that's a, that was a great feeling. What, did you have any advisors or mentors along the way helping you figure out the process? Absolutely. I am such a huge fan of having a rock star advisory board. We've had an advisory board since year one. So that was really something we did early on. And our advisors, Katia Beauchamp, who started Birchbox as an advisor, Fran Hauser, who started, uh, she was the president of Time Inc. and wrote The Myth of the Nice Girl. Allison Wyatt, who was the co-founder of Girl Boss and also female founder collective. We had Chris Cunningham, who was instrumental because he was telling me he was, you know, we've known each other for years. And he said, you're the only entrepreneur that I've had to convince to go out and raise capital. Like, just do it. It's, it's time. You guys can do it. But they definitely helped a lot in terms of positioning the deck, intros, you know, validation. And I think for people raising money, it's so important to have other back channels that you can work with because you'll go out and meet with an investor. And if they know that you have someone in common that they also really trust, they might reach out to them and ask them. They'll do character character checks. They'll start thinking and talking about you know, how much do you really believe in these founders? How do you believe this is going to scale? And you want as many people in your back corner that can help really build the narrative with you. So I I think they're just absolutely essential when you're fundraising. And even before that, to have kind of a, a team. How long did the process take to raise your first round? It took about nine months. Yeah. And, and were you full-time working on the raise? I wish I had that luxury. (laughs) No, I was driving myself crazy working on everything and the race. And I found the whole process to be incredibly intense and emotional and exciting. And I'm in sales. So I I like, I know what it's like to be told no, I I understand that. But it's different when you're fundraising, because I the way I would explain it is like, imagine if you went on a first date, and you told that person everything about you like everything, like all the things, like even that thing that like happened three years ago. And they're like, well, what about that thing? It's very vulnerable. Like you're sharing your whole business. And then when each time you think you see the vision so clearly and you know that it's going to work because you're running the business and you see, and you know it like in all of the, like in every bone in your body, but someone else might not know it and see it. And that does, it's hard. So that's the the kind of experience you have to be comfortable in enduring that. And it's 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 totally okay because you'll get to the right investors that are right for you. You know, that you don't, that they're they they get it, they see it, and you don't need everyone to say yes. You just need the right people to say yes to get it done. What advice can you share to our listeners who are thinking about fundraising now for their business based on your experience? 
I'd say don't think it's a bad time. You know, a lot of people think right now it's harder. I think yes and no. I mean, there's still so much money out there that is going to amazing business ideas. So don't let the current climate be kind of like an albatross that you carry around because that energy is just going to hurt you. You can't control the market, but you don't want to go in with this sort of victim sob story of like, I am raising money in this climate. No, there's plenty of money out there. You're going to get it. Keep kind of saying that to yourself all the time. I'd also say, you know, really think about whether you want to raise venture. It's not right for everyone and it shouldn't be. Not every business needs to be growing at that scale. It's not even, I think, healthy in many cases. And that's something we've seen from these massive valuations of companies that don't actually make any money. So focus on having your business actually make money. Look at the model, make sure it's profitable, make sure it really makes sense. And then think about like, are you raising because this this business calls for it and you actually want to grow at the speed that they need you to grow to get the valuation and get on that kind of, you know, treadmill? Or do you need a temp, you know, do you need maybe something that's that's a bit different? And I, I wish there were more diversified access to capital for for entrepreneurs. I think that's something that's missing in the marketplace is, you know, loans obviously can do that, but there seems to be less of an appetite for really healthy businesses that don't grow at rocket speed. And that's that's one of the pieces of advice I'd give is just to to think carefully if it's the right sort of capital for you to take on, not just from a control standpoint, because I'm not a proponent of, I don't think that there's a lot of value in holding on to every single piece of equity in your business, but then having it be small. I think it's better to bring in expertise and people that really could help take you to the next level and have a smaller pie of a, a bigger pie. But I do think that venture is glamorized a bit and it, it's it's sometimes looked at as the only path and there are others. and it can be i think it can it can really set certain companies up where they they don't actually have the ability to grow that quickly and then everyone's sort of stressed <laughs> speaking of running a business during this time in 2020 how has your business been impacted by covid i think generally we've fared really well comparatively to others because we had tri- we basically pivot everything and made all of our experiences digital pretty early on. I'd say like within the first few weeks, everything was going on. So I'd say overall, we're one of the lucky ones that are building a digital community and a way for people to network and connect in a time where they probably can't do it in any other way. We're also a pretty lean team as it is. Everyone's been pretty comfortable working remotely. I do think like any business, there are challenges and, you know, on the partnership side, obviously, marketing budgets and advertisers are, are some of these businesses have really struggled and we definitely lost a significant amount of revenue from companies that just had their entire businesses just vanished really overnight. But I think we're turning around from that and, and there's going to be a ton of innovation coming out of this and companies that are really going to prosper. And, you know, we've been working incredibly hard to, to make sure that not only are we as a company thriving, but that our members are getting the solutions that they need in a time where working moms like are just dealing with so much. So I think good. I can share as a Hey Mama member, just seeing, you know, the pivot you were able to do so quickly when everything started with COVID going from in-person events and now all of the daily virtual events. It's been absolutely fantastic. And I've met so many people through 
through the group and membership and have really seen just an evolution over the past few months with your business. I think it's incredible what you've been able to do so quickly. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're just getting started. We have so many amazing things coming for our members this fall and next year. So for those that have kind of come, been coming in now, they, they're finding that digital is all that they know. Like they've never even been to a Hey Mama event and our events were so magical. And we did events across 11 cities in the US and connected thousands of women in real life. And I can't wait for us to be able to do that again. But until then, you know, I'm not next to you right now, but I feel really connected to you. And this sort of medium is just going to have to do. What would you say has been your biggest learning during this time? Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, top three. <laughs> top three. Biggest learning today <laughs> in day, what, 200 of this? I think week. we're hundreds. Wait, no. What day are we on? <laughs> I think we're in month six. March, April, May. June. Yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh. The biggest learning um, I'd say I'd have from a business standpoint is to communicate a lot, communicate a lot with your team, tell people what's going on, and then tell them again, because they probably have a lot going on. How how many people do you have on the team? 17. Yeah, 17. And pretty about 15 of those are all full-timers. So we have a wonderful team that works tirelessly and believes so much in in our mission and why we exist. And that helps. But I think it's really intense, you know, for people that are experiencing this in so many different versions. You know, some of us have kids at home and that's intense. Some of them don't. And that's also, you know, in its own way hard. Some are living in small apartments in the city. Some, you know, had to move to their back. One of, you know, our VP of product had to move back to Australia for three months. So over communicate, make sure to keep morale high. That's something that we really try to do, like still connect with our team, even when it's not about work. So we've been doing like monthly happy hours, which has really helped. On the personal side, I'd say it's uh, self-care. I mean, it's the only way to survive for me. What do you do? What are your tips? Gosh, I love this topic. I love working out. I think that's really core for me. I like in hit training, anything that's in that gets my heart rate really going. I'll do a quick run. I'll do some kettlebells. I'll do my sister's workout. She has a workout called kettlebell kickboxing, which is like super hard and intense. And and I'll do that. I love meditating. I meditate almost every day. I love journaling, masks, you know, anything. Like just just put some oil on your face and take a moment for yourself. And that is just pure survival because without those components, eating well, drinking lots of water, being healthy. I just find the stress and the expectations and and all of the different things that come your way. Just It's so much harder for me to show up as my best self without that. Do you put time in your calendar to do those things for yourself? Because I know for me as a business owner, it's so hard to make time. I'm just constantly go, go, go and overscheduling myself and love to hear what you do to make sure that you take care of yourself. You guys should read this book called Essentialism. It's incredible. And it's, I'm a, I'm by trade a non-essentialist. So I'm one of those people that back in my, like when I lived in the city, I would have like three plans for the night. I'd be like, okay, we're going to meet up at six and then I'll do dinner at eight. And maybe I'll do a nightcap at 1030. I mean, this is, you know, several years back, but I kind of always overbook things because I felt felt that if I just squeezed all of these things in, I'd be able to get it done. And, you know, my 24 hours was different than other people's 24 hours because I could just, I could multitask and I could get all of it, get all of it in. And after reading that book, it's really changed my complete approach to how I look at time 
priorities, how much I take on. And so I'm on a journey of doing less and taking on less and focusing on less and, you know, having less choices and all of these things that I think make it really overwhelming. But to answer your question about having it in the schedule, every morning it's easy. I wake up, my fiance and I stretch together. So that's a really nice routine because we have like, you know, snap, crackle, pop here. Like every time we wake up, we go stretch and just feel so good to have 10 minutes of, of treating your body to a nice stretch in the morning. We have coffee, then I'll meditate and journal. If I have time, I'll work out. And at night, it's not in the calendar. It's just kind of a being more careful on when I get to bed. Because if I just like stay up watching Netflix and then my nighttime routine gets cut, then I don't get the self-care. I got the TV, but I didn't get the time to actually like do my long skincare routine and, you know, leisurely get into bed and like read for a little bit or maybe, you know, take some notes on ideas I have and half an hour in the morning, half an hour at night. That's the easiest way to do it. But what do you do? What do you guys do? I do a lot of the same things you do. Like right after this, I have my, the gyms are open down in Miami. So I'll be going to the gym and meditating. I try to do that the other day, went for a run beach before work, which was really nice. Walk my dog. So I, and massages, not as many massages as I used to get, but massages are my, are definitely something that are a must. I can't live without. (laughs) Me too. Literally girl after my own heart. I cannot. (laughs) I keep on trying to get better ones at home and it's just, it's not the same. Like I need a full hour of. I am definitely missing all of my self-care that I, that I feel like I used to do in New York city pre COVID my, my uh, monthly massage and weekly manicure and 10 minute massage and all of those goodies that we used to have. And now I've just learned to do very small little things each day, like taking a walk in the morning and the afternoon with my daughter around the neighborhood. And we've been playing it very safe with COVID since she's so little and haven't really done too much. So just taking time for for the little things and learning to appreciate the little things has been really important. Up next, what you can expect from a digital community and Katya's goals for the remainder of 2020. Hey, entrepreneurs! I am so excited to announce the launch of the new Entrepreneurista website. We listen to what you are looking for and have created a resource for each of you that goes beyond each episode of our podcast so you can continue to discover the best women-led brands, products, and services to help your business grow. We will be featuring more stories from female entrepreneurs, business leaders, and we'll publish exclusive content and interviews on the website to continue to provide you with as much value as possible. Be sure to check out our Entrepreneurista shop filled with branded merchandise and our Entrepreneurista picks featuring discounts and special offers from your favorite female-led brands. We've created a special coupon code just for you for our launch for all Entrepreneurista swag. Use code PODCAST10 at checkout. We can't wait to hear what you think. And thank you so much for being part of our community. Head on over to entrepreneurista.com to start exploring and use code PODCAST10 at checkout. Katya, so I know a lot about Hey Mama because I'm a member, but a lot of our listeners I know would love to understand more about the community and what it exactly is that Hey Mama does. Yeah, definitely. So for a lot of people, they've never been a part of a digital community. So they might not be as familiar with 
how it all works for us. Our goal really is building this network for working moms. That's whatever you need it to be. So a place to grow your business, find your next best friend, learn something new, or just, just feel supported and a part of a collective that really understands what you're going through. So we offer a number of different benefits for our members, everything from, you know, access to this highly vetted professional network to the ability to really like email any single person within the community. We have some amazing members that have been on this podcast, but you know, everyone from Rebecca Minkoff and Chriselle Lim and, and these just amazing businesswomen that you can contact and find some common ground with and, and really use it as a way to connect with others in your industry, if not just in your local area, but like who are the other moms in marketing all around the country? Who are the other moms in tech all around the country? When we're not in COVID times, we are doing offline events. We did about 180 of them last year across 11 cities. But now we've moved all of our programming online and we are really thoughtful about what kind of content we put together. So our events are everything from mama matchmaking events where we will actually connect you with other members. We have a series called Whiteboard and Wine where you could like whiteboard business challenges with other members. And then tons of incredible like you know, panels and workshops and, and, you know, business and motherhood topics ranging from what to do, you know, with back to school and how everyone's approaching that to like the future of, of retail and fashion. I'd say one of the biggest things that we offer our members is the ability to just ask questions and get answers in near real time. So we have, you know, the opportunity to post questions via email, via our Slack group. So you can ask anything. I mean, where to, you know, everything from how you're approaching childcare to a graphic designer to how to sell your company to, you know, what do you use for your website hosting service? It's pretty much across the board. And I think you've probably seen that as well. It's so many questions that people have every day and they come to Hey Mama because they're getting answers from within this kind of private network and they trust other people and they trust their responses. And that's kind of really helpful for busy moms that don't have time to go out and research like every sort of little thing. So that's, that's a big part of it. What am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing a few other things. It sounds like so such a great membership and I'm sad that I can't join. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one day. (laughs) Well, we actually, we, you know, we describe ourselves as a community for people that feel connected to motherhood in different ways. So being a mom isn't actually a requirement. If you feel like you're a dog mom and you feel, you know, that it speaks to you. like group within for dog moms? Dog moms? Not yet, but you could kick it off for us. I'll be your dog mom ambassador. There are a lot of us out there. I'll tell you that people are crazy about their, their pets. You'll be the perfect spokesperson, Court. <laughs> I know. Where is she? Oh, she's not even here today. I don't know where she is. <laughs> We're doing a great job right now. You're doing great. <laughs> About that dog that I love. <laughs> uh, where is that dog that I love? How are, so I know going back to the beginning of the conversation, you built the audience through Instagram to start. Did everything just grow just organically or were there specific things that you did to really catapult the, the growth of membership? Yeah, on the social side, it was pretty much all organically. And then on the membership, it was very, very personal. Like we we had to e- email every single person that we wanted to be a part of our community and get on so many phone calls. I mean, this was not like a, you know, hey, we just put up a membership and people were like tearing down doors and sign me up. And I know exactly what, what, I'm, what that means. 
this is a new concept. Digital communities are still relatively new. You know, people join Facebook groups, but this is so different than that. They'll be on LinkedIn. Again, this is so different than that. So there was a lot of education and early on it was very personal. And our first like several hundred members, we know all of them, you know, pretty much. Now the community's gotten so much larger that we don't know personally all the members. And that's why we have like amazing local organizers and ambassadors that kind of act as that human touch point, which I think is so critical in a community to feel like you're really able to just connect with real people. It's not just all technology based. It's not just, you know, it's not cold. And I think that's, that's something that is sort of different than other online experiences can feel sometimes. So I want to know if you had to pick one word to set an intention for the remainder of this crazy 2020, what would it be? Focus. Just like focus. Just keep your eye on exactly what you need to get done. You know, don't get distracted by all of the shiny objects. Keep your eye on the set of few specific goals that you want to achieve and just stay incredibly focused and say no to everything that doesn't ladder up to that. And what is your goal for the for the end of this year? I think our goal, a lot. I think the biggest thing we're doing is, you know, we're building a completely new platform from scratch. And that is very exciting. Um, It's a huge undertaking. So our developers have been working on it nonstop. And it will be almost ready to go live at the end of this year. And so I really want to manifest that that experience, that that this new experience we're creating for our members is one that could help them navigate the community and get the most out of it. You know, the best resources connect with the most interesting people that they need based on where they are in their motherhood and business journey. So that's a huge undertaking. And it's, uh, it's been really exciting so far to dive into something completely different for us and, and start to kind of prototype a solution from scratch, which when we started the business, we had originally thought, oh, we would, we'll build something like this. It's taken us five years to be able to get to the place to do that. So keep patient if you aren't able to do everything you've wanted to do from, from day one. If you could give our audience one essential piece of advice something maybe you wish you knew when you first started your business that you now know, what would that be? You have to believe in yourself really more than anyone else. I think the the reason people are going to support you, whether it's an investor or an advisor or someone that's getting your product or solution is because they they believe in it and they see that you believe in it. So focus a lot on that self-confidence. A lot of women feel an imposter syndrome. They they wonder, who am I to do this? You know, I don't know how to do X, Y, Z. I've never raised money. I've never built a tech platform. There's a lot of expectations. And if you're not incredibly sure, not in that you're going to know all the answers, but that you are equipped to figure it out. No one is going to be able to figure it out better than you because you're the one that started the business because you couldn't do anything but start that business. So just really tapping into that like intuitive guidance and confidence, I think is so important and make sure to keep believing in yourself. Thank you for sharing that. And lastly, what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? I think it means having fun while building your business, because if you're not enjoying the process, then why are you doing it at all? You know, so often you can get like bogged down in the stress of, you know, wanting to get here and wanting to do this. And of course, things take forever and much longer than you think. And, you know, there are all sorts of challenges that come into play when you're building a business. But if you look at them as, as sort of like 
things that you can solve. It's, it's a privilege to be able to build a business. It is very, very few people get to do it. I think you have to have fun and you have to not take it all so seriously. You're going to figure it out, you know, just like enjoy yourself, celebrate, celebrate the wins. Don't, don't take it so seriously that it becomes every single part of your being and every single part of your life, because you'll never get to a place where it's at exactly where you want it to be. And there's so many other parts to, to life that we have to enjoy outside of building our business. And for every entrepreneur out there, you know what I'm talking about, because you're probably obsessing about your business day and night and checking your email first thing in the morning and last little breath before you get to bed and you send off the email and don't forget to have fun. Definitely. I, I couldn't agree more. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for sharing your story and your journey and creating this incredible community because I love being part of it. So I'm glad you had the idea to start it because it's, it's helped me too. Where can everyone find you, follow you? And for any mamas that are listening, and we know we have a lot of moms who are part of our community, how can they join Hey Mama? Yes. Yeah, so if you'd like to join, you can apply at www.heymama.co. And you could get to know all about, you know, the membership there, just click on apply. And then the application probably takes about five or 10 minutes. The code, if you'd like to use it, I only give this to my friends, since I'm now part of your community and anyone that's listening, you're my new friends. Hopefully, uh, feel free to reach out to me. The code is Katya's friend, K-A-T-Y-A-S-F-R-I-E-N-D. And uh, you could find me at Katya's Life on Instagram and you could find Hey Mama at Hey Mamako on Instagram. We're also on LinkedIn a lot. We're doing a lot of conversations there, Facebook. So, you know, find us anywhere that you like to connect online and don't be shy in reaching out to me personally if there's any way I can support you on your entrepreneurial journey. Oh, thank you so much. It was, again, so incredible to hear your story and journey. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneurs. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurspodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.